0: good
1: one that was the best clink we have had on this show i'm gonna agree (gasps) twice twice it has to be those glasses i think you're right we haven't used these glasses we haven't we haven't i don't well maybe i change it up sometimes and maybe we've used one with a different type of glass but never two of this of this this make and model
0: excellent well (laughs) with that with that um majestic ting yes the Pazous has been poured.
1: The candle is lit. Uh,
0: I am... What do I say next? <laughs> You're our co-host. <laughs> I am the co-host, Andemic, and
1: <laughs> welcome to the Horror Salon. Yes, I'm your co-host, The Witch, and we are so happy to have you here tonight, horror nerds, uh, for another riveting, <laughs> riveting episode of the Horror Salon, where tonight we kind of... Um, a topic that was open form. Uh, a lot of our topics recently have been very specific. Mm-hmm. And this one was just stories from around the world. Yes. Very. It's going to be very fun to see what we both come up with tonight. Yeah. Uh,
0: because full disclosure, neither of us knows. Neither of us tonight knows. What the other has
1: <laughs> has come with. Yeah. It's going to be super exciting. So Before we dive into all of that, we got to talk Pazoo's, Mm -hmm. of course. So we are tonight sipping on a classic rum daiquiri. And so I don't really know what the connection stories from around the world are, except daiquiris seem to be a favorite drink of a lot of authors, I've noticed. That is
0: true. Um, This is what I told uh, the witch when she said this is the drink we were going to do. And this will be around the world. Uh, the last time I had a traditional rum daiquiri mm-hmm. was sitting in La Floridita, which is, was Ernest Hemingway's favorite haunt in Havana, Cuba. I love that. We were listening
1: to live music. They had several different flavors. It was Awesome. Awesome. Yes, I love the daiquiri because it's versatile like that. Like you can have a strawberry, you can have all sorts of different fun flavors. I've even had banana daiquiris. I drank
0: a banana daiquiri. They're so that, good that day. So good. It was so good. So good. They used fresh banana.
1: <gasps> yeah, I love it. I love it. These uh, are just traditional limes, so they're not going to be as fancy, but hopefully they're tasty. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do it. It takes me back. Yeah, that's strong. <laughs> you know why? We have a lovely little local store here called Mm -hmm. Wylands.
0: Oh, love Wylands. Love
1: Wylands. Very local to Columbus. If you are in the Columbus area and you're just looking to peruse a cute little mom and pop shop that has somehow the best wine (laughs) selection, liquor selection, and cheese selection that you're going to find in the city. Uh, Go to Wylands. But we were in their liquor shop. And I was just looking for a rum mm-hmm. and the the guy who was working back there convinced me to buy this particular rum. I don't, we'll put it up on the website because I don't remember the, the label, the n- name of it on the top of my head. But he said that it's a very funky a funky rum, a fun- and he said it's it's got like a funky aftertaste to it. And it every time, does. I, yeah, every time I put it in a drink, you do. It has a distinctive taste. It's almost saddle like. It is almost saddle like. It's fermenty. <laughs> Hashtag saddle adjacent. Mm. That's not very sweet. It's not. But I don't know that daiquiris are meant to be super sweet, because I no. always think of daiquiris like. You know those hotel oh, daiquiris yeah, you get when you're the by umbrella, the pool? Yeah. yeah, those aren't what daiquiris are. That is are, not a daiquiri. No. And
0: I, that's what I thought until we went to La Floridita and they're sour. They are sour and I'm like, "Oh, well." And somehow they, they just tasted better in in, in oh, Havana. Yeah, I mean, come the on,
1: ambiance, of course. But, of course. But
0: yeah, it that that surprised me.
1: Yeah, they're not a sweet drink. It's a very it's very sour because of the rum we used. It's got a funk on the end of it, which endemic likens to saddle which i can kind of see it's the problem with this rum is i've had that taste before but i can't place it huh. i don't know what that flavor is but it but you know what i'm talking mm-hmm. about i though, right? totally do a little bit paint thinner i was gonna say <laughs> paint thinner and pond water well it, I and i'm yeah. saying that but it's like it's not bad no it's not bad it's it's just like that's a there's a Distinct funk on the on the end of it. Well, what if you
0: soaked a saddle in paint thinner? Then you might have this I exact think I think that's it. There
1: it is. <laughs> we've solved the mystery God, tonight. Idiots. We've solved the mystery. So. And we've only had one. We've o- only had a couple sips it of wine. It sound like we've had several. We've had two sips, three sippers. Hmm. I like it. I like daiquiris a lot, though. So, there you Yeah. Go. There you
0: go. I, I don't prefer... Lime as the uh, Mm. the vehicle so much just simply because it's uh, it gives me heartburn but oh fair um but that's
1: fair um, yeah um so you like a strawberry yeah yeah or yeah so a a little bit
0: more of a benign flavor I gotcha not so citric I gotcha citric citric is that right yes cool (laughs) (laughs) all right. So. All right. Yeah. So, stories, stories from, from around, around the, the world. world. Heck yeah. Um so while the universe of scary stories uh in our own country is vast, very vast. Absolutely vast and plentiful. Yes. Uh and we've only begun to scratch the surface in several of these podcasts we've done yeah. with uh stories from the from here. I think it's important to step out the out fo- outside the four walls of our own community and country and um See what's going on out there, including those scary stories that are prominent in other cultures. Um, It's been really fun this week researching. Yeah. (laughs) um, Learning what scares other cultures. And what I love is that you see the humanity running
1: through all of it because
0: the same shit scares all of us.
1: Yes. Yes. That seems to be a thread of this season Mm -hmm. because we've talked a lot about that with the ghost stories, with the folk tales, with the urban legends, like Mm -hmm. all of them are very specific to the culture where they originate, Yeah, but you still see that thread, like you just said, of Mm -hmm. humanity Mm -hmm. where even if, you know, it's an urban legend native to Australia, an urban legend native to... Japan and ur- urban legend native to Canada, yeah, uh, and they are all very different. There's usually a common thread of fear of death mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. fear mm-hmm. of so. There's always those very humanistic. Mm-hmm. Elements. A
0: lot of stories to keep children in line. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, no, I love that. Um, just to to see that these these fears transcend distance. They just yes, I, I love it 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 connects us all. It does connect us all. I love that. Our fears connect us. I love that. Stitch that on a pillow.
1: Please do. <laughs> Please do if you have the ability to do so. Uh I do not. Um so I so when we landed on this topic, I wanted to do like a fun like exploration of different stories from different cultures and things like that. And then when I got into the research, I kind of fell down a rabbit hole mm, and went yeah. a little bit more depth than breadth, I mm-hmm. guess. Sure. Um, and my focus was really Japanese horror Excellent. for tonight. So Excellent. I did kind of a deep dive on Japanese horror. I don't know a lot about it. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. So I... And obviously... I only scratched the surface of this stuff, and I am by no means an expert. In fact, I have watched a few Japanese horror movies, and I think I've read a few Japanese horror comics, Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not really, um, I haven't dived fully into the the horror cinema or the horror kind of culture of Japan before Mm -hmm. this episode. So it was really fun to kind of see what it's all about, and I'm excited to dive in. Yeah, having done the research and watched some of these Excellent. films and do some of these yeah. things, yeah, cool. Which I think was a fun kind of um, conclusion to draw. Cool, after doing that research. Awesome, yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. I um,
0: <clears throat> excuse me. I chose to focus on stories that were not focused on. Actually, I'm just going to give like a wide overview. Yeah, um, of stories that are not in the mainstream. Fun. Um. The household names: your Bloody Marys, gin, the Jinn, mm-hmm. Krampus, La Llorona, Slender Man, Water Babies—those kind of things that yeah. that people tend to know about, um, because there's like a huge amount of books and movies, and you know about these kind of things. Um, so I found some some super creepy lore just from a, around the world. That's just, awesome. Uh, that that I didn't know about. That's awesome. And I figure if I didn't know about it, because we th- yeah. spend a lot of time doing this kind of stuff, then probably other people don't really know about
1: it either, here anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that'll be fun to learn more. <laughs> okay. So I'll go into a little bit in, yeah. uh, of Japanese kind of background, and then I'll share maybe some of the stories. Yeah. So can go back and forth and share some of the stories, I cool. guess. Um, But so Japanese horror, and it's so interesting because – Jap- when thinking about it, it's it's funny that I went down this rabbit hole because it really is a horror behemoth. Japanese horror yeah. is. Um, and when I did my research, I realized that this is not going to be an easy topic <laughs> to cover in right. one uh, episode. So it's got a very distinct style. And I think it came around in the horror lexicon to be known as J-horror, I think is the common terminology, J? terminology for it. J-horror. Okay. Yeah. Um, But essentially, it's a very distinct style of horror. It definitely is distinct from Western horror in that it focuses more so on the psychological. It focuses on the supernatural. And then it really uh, focuses on tension building throughout the story. Whereas the Western horror, I think falls a little bit more sometimes in the jump scare camp. You're not going to find that too often in a traditional Japanese horror tale movie, what have you. Okay. Uh, You're going to not the camera's not going to leave the scene. <laughs> uh, you're going to watch the whole thing pan out. You're not going to yeah. get that release that you want. That's kind of the tension building Excellent. atmosphere about the psychological piece. So I thought that was really interesting and something definitely um, distinctive of Japan. So where did all of it begin? Yeah. Um, a lot of their horror tradition can be traced back to the Edo and the Meiji Periods. Okay. So the Edo period was between 1600 and 1868. Um, And just to give you some cultural context for that time in Japan, uh, there's a lot of economic growth Mm -hmm. happening. Uh, There's a very strict social order in their society. And then their government is kind of more isolationist at this time. There's not a lot of diplomacy going on around the globe. Mm -hmm. Um, They're really kind of just trying to be this very. Isolated island nation, yeah. Essentially,
0: was it kind of the Edo? Was it
1: kind of like the the golden age kind of period? There was a lot of art and culture going on, so I would I I didn't see that phrasing "golden sure, age." Sure, that's a very yeah. yeah but I, I a Western phrase from what I could gather, and I very I didn't spend too much time sure. on the Edo uh, time period, but from what I could gather, this was a, a there was a steady population mm-hmm. the econo- economic was growing mm-hmm. um and they weren't like partaking in any wars at the time and they were really yeah. focusing on uh
0: art and culture just sounded familiar uh years ago i taught uh the art of china and japan when i was a grad student mm-hmm. um and that just i don't know that just <laughs> reminded me i don't, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah yeah i don't remember a huge amount um but
1: yeah yeah excellent Right after the Edo period comes the Meiji period. This is between 1868 and 1912. And this period culturally is characterized from really it's a shift from this isolationist Mm -hmm. kind of political strategy. Yeah. And now they are opening up. They're becoming a known power globally. They are adopting some Western kind of ideas in the realms of science, yeah. tech. Um, so so they're becoming a little bit more global, mm-hmm. um, opening their doors a little bit at that time. And so in these two periods, you have a lot of horror tales kind of spinning up amongst the culture. Mm-hmm. A lot of what was going on, um, I would categorize, are kind of folk tales, the creation of folk tales and they were known as kaidan uh, which can be translated translated to mean strange stories okay so there's this whole tradition of the kaidan and they were very popular in japan in these two periods and they were very popular and i thought this was pretty funny talking about that human element uh that connects us is they were so popular because of the printing press so they were easy
0: Oh, yeah. They were easy,
1: they were able to be printed really fast, and then they could be spread widespread throughout.
0: You know the country that takes me back to the Raven, yeah, and Poe. It takes back to the Raven Poe ghost stories, like all yeah, of that. Like yeah,
1: they can these things get widespread because mm-hmm. of industrialization and things like that. So, um, so these kaidan were very popular because of that. Now, I did read a few kaidan for tonight. I'll save those for later when we're sh- swapping mm-hmm. stories. Um, but they were d- they're very fascinating, very fascinating. Um, a couple tropes. Of, the, of these Kaidan stories. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them are characterized by use of the supernatural. Like I said, that's very characteristic of Japanese horror. Yeah. Uh, they either have ghosts. A lot of them have ghosts mm-hmm. or what are known as the yokai um i had didn't go down the rabbit hole i really wanted to i did Mm -hmm. not though i saved myself because i didn't want (laughs) to put too much in this episode but the yokai uh, very briefly are a a kind of like a class i guess you would call it of supernatural monster or spirit yeah so that's what the yokai are and they can be associated with either good so Mm -hmm. they can bring fortune Mm -hmm. things like that or they can be Malevolent. They can be very bad yeah, as okay. well. So they kind of run run the gamut. So uh, the Kaidan often featured these types of spirit beings. Um, they also often featured tales of vengeance. Was a common kind of um, story arc. Was some sort of vengeance. And that vengeance usually came from a female perspective. So that was really oh. interesting at the time. Yeah. A lot of these Kaidan stories were performed. So, there were two kind of um, really popular theater tropes in Japan at the time. Kabuki Mm. and no uh, theater. And actually, a lot of the traditional films that we know of today Mm -hmm. that are part of the Japan horror um, kind of lexicon, they draw on imagery that was originated by this kabuki and no theater tradition. Oh, excellent. Um, The long dark hair. Yeah. um, That... If you think of The Ring, The Grudge, things like that. That actually comes from uh, a folk tale in Japanese culture that is similar to The Medusa Tale. Really? Mm -hmm. And it was uh, depicted in uh, these theater traditions. And so that was borrowed into the films. So the long, dark hair is something. Um, Also, the white uh, outfits Mm -hmm. that the ghosts usually are wearing. yeah, um, That is borrowed, again, from these theater traditions, which is said to have originated because of Japanese uh, burial culture. So a lot of kind of the, the imagery that we associate with Japanese horror actually has some mm-hmm. cultural background as to why you're going to be seeing that um, in movies. And that was borrowed from the theater. I didn't go too, down, too far down kind of the, the movie rabbit hole, but... Um I thought it was interesting that the the horror cinema in Japan really started becoming popular after the bombing of Hiroshima. Uh-huh. Um and if you notice a lot of the movies that can't come out of Japan at the time uh-huh. are vengeful spirits, yeah. usually women, um, or what they call Kaiju monsters like Godzilla. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kaiju. And you think about the historical context of that. Mm-hmm. They're coming off of World War II. Mm-hmm. And they're dealing with these issues of rebuilding yeah. as a country, re- rebuilding as a society. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like horrible monsters mm-hmm. coming in and wrecking their home. make yeah. Makes sense. Things like. Vengeance stories make sense yeah. for what's going on historically at the time. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really, I mean, dots to connect. Sure, they sure, that were really interesting. Um, more recently, a lot of the movies coming out of Japan are centering on haunted houses, and they're also uh, centering on the dissolution of the nuclear family, which I thought was really interesting.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that too makes sense culturally. You know, what's going on Mm -hmm. at this time? We're a little bit more thinking about our society and, Mm -hmm. you know, what's next in terms of society. You know, what's our next social evolution, our next social phase? Thinking about what families look like. I mean, making those decisions, I know, you know, we're dealing with that here in the United States. Mm -hmm. A lot of People don't want to have children. They don't right. want to have. Um, a lot of people are waiting to get married. A lot of people yeah. aren't getting married. So the the entire framework of the family yeah. is definitely being. Well, and explored. that will
0: definitely scare some people who yeah. are afraid of change.
1: Change, for sure.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: So um, <laughs> I wouldn't actually be surprised if we get more horror even outside of Japan focusing on that sort of oh yeah thing oh yeah just because of where we are as a world mm-hmm. i mean with all of that mm-hmm. so another interesting one that uh so we have obviously the supernatural i talked about we have the uh kaiju monsters that i talked about but the third kind of bucket and you're gonna love this that japan specializes in is zombies yes mm-hmm. but there's there's don't look like what i'm thinking of now okay so uh and this is interesting i found a lot of the japanese horror zombie Mm -hmm. uh, elements that was said to have begun with resident evil and the house of the dead video games with both came out of japan
0: oh really Mm -hmm. oh well then maybe they do look like i think they look
1: so they're they're the fast moving
0: yeah okay Mm -hmm. i was thinking of the the common spirit's um that people just accept as true uh, of deceased loved ones who may have unfinished business oh. who just um are there you know and they okay. haunt they haunt their families until whatever it is is resolved or taken care of mm. that's what i was thinking of but that's that's a spirit
1: so yes resident evil rocks zombies kind of came up with this video game um tradition and I found this specifically for you, Andemic. <laughs> Um George Romero himself said that the most recent um, popularization of the zombie yeah. uh, should be credited to this resurgence in video games coming out of Japan. Excellent. Yeah. So he was very aware of it. Um, And like I said, Mm -hmm. the fast moving zombie concept really came from this. Yeah. So that surprises
0: me. He said that because he he did not love the fast movers. But but yeah, um, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, for sure. Credit where credit is due. Yeah. And I love the fast movie. I know it's controversial, but I do. So sure. And I love what they did. I, I don't I don't know that I've even ever seen the video game resident evil i played house of the dead is that the other one Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, at at an arcade i'm sure but what they did with those resident evil movies oh my gosh hmm. yeah excellent
1: yeah yeah i have attempted to play resident evil my problem with playing some of those older games Mm -hmm. is i feel like i am so used to newer game mechanics where it's hard for me to switch up like they just move differently for me. Like the character on screen physically yeah. moves differently than they do now. So I'm so used to how they move now that yeah, I, I can't I can't play it.
0: Uh, you know, and I can't do any of those really. Um, Mario. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had an Atari when I was a kid with one joystick. Yeah. Um, uh, a friend of mine recently got me to test out Dead by Dawn, um, Dead. which is you have to go in and fix these generators before, and a killer's loose looking for you <gasps> and you have to fix the generators. I
1: have seen people playing that and it looks scary as shit. It is shit. friggin' awesome. However, what the
0: fuck are all the buttons? There are a lot of I buttons. just, you know, she had me in there in one of the test rooms mm-hmm. and I just basically ran in a circle. Yeah. <laughs> as you do. Just speaking of not being able to connect with it to, and I suppose it just takes practice like anything else, but...
1: But that's the thing. It does take practice like anything else. But I feel mm-hmm. like once you get used to a certain, not yeah. to go down the video game rabbit hole, but I will for a minute get on my soapbox. Once you go down a certain, like I've learned this mechanic, it's very hard to, to do something to do different. something else yeah. for me, at least. Yeah. I don't
0: know. That's, yeah. And my mechanic is uh, Pitfall on Atari. So, <laughs> dude. you're
1: <laughs> Like, I don't know.
0: Um, anyway, yes. I anyway, yeah.
1: So that's, uh, that's kind of the Japanese zombie tradition. So the one last thing I'll leave you before we dive into some actual stories tonight uh, that I thought was interesting. <clears throat> I read this article that basically said that the Jap- the, the, there is this distinct difference, as I said, between Japanese and Western horror. And one of the most distinct differences is how our cultures handle how we as human beings should overcome the horror and a lot of you know western society is what do i have to research what do i have to gather what do i have to do to defeat mm. the horror mm-hmm. and in japan it is how do i survive this
0: that is fascinating. Isn't
1: that fascinating? And so I was thinking about, and the article kind of goes into okay, what does that say about both of our cultures? And mm-hmm. I was thinking about, you know, there is kind of this very Western, like the kick Jap- ass, and take nine. Yes. Yeah. And then the kind of like this very Japanese culture, which is very reverence for the dead mm-hmm. and spirituality yeah. and, you know, kind of. Yeah acknowledging Mm -hmm. the power of the afterlife and and things like that. And I just found that really interesting that that's how both of those two. Wow. Yeah. I I hadn't thought of that. Handle it. Yeah. Yeah, That's great. Which also to me, because everyone has said, and I do agree when I've watched the Japanese horror films, um, they usually are scarier. Mm -hmm. And I think that might be why, because you very quickly realize you're not going to beat you're it. You're not going to beat it. Yeah. So what are you going
0: to do? Yeah. Yeah, like the the original Japanese horror movies. Not mm-hmm. not right. the Americanized... The, the ring makes, and, right. and all of those. One missed call, the American ones. But yeah, those original mm-hmm. Japanese horror movies are something.
1: Yeah. Because you're not. You're not getting away from it. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? How are you going to live with this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is yeah. essentially what they're yeah. asking. Yeah. So uh so that's a little bit about japanese horror um i want to hear some stories from you and i have a couple um of the i i I dove into kind of the kaidan stories okay um there are a couple of them that were kind of fun that i'm that i'm gonna share a little bit more about i won't obviously read them i can't but um i can share a little bit more about them yeah so i didn't um
0: I didn't go into the history and the context of the, uh, of the stories this time. I just sort sure. of um, because there are so many, so many.
1: Yeah, this topic was so broad; it could have been interpreted <laughs> so, so many ways. Yeah.
0: So I broke mine up into some stories and then some honorable mentions. But frankly, they're all just really good. Yeah. And you know, these are just going to be short little, um, short little blurbs about them. Um, but I kind of just went all over the world. Um it. and for instance, uh one of the first ones I found it's called the night demon. I love that e- name. I'm very I know. ominous. Very ominous. Um and this is an evil creature um and it comes from the island of Pemba, which is in Tanzania uh in the Indian Ocean. Okay. Um it changes shape, obviously mm-hmm. a shapeshifter. It's sometimes a bat. Okay. Uh, sometimes it's human like. Um it comes out at night um but uh, some people sometimes they say you can see it during the day but it's usually a night thing the night demon um it's also in swahili called the popo bawa okay uh which means bat wing um and it's indiscriminate as targets uh which i like Yeah. It, it just just will go after anybody there are some retellings of the story and i i'm not sure when those happened but where the spirit actually uh sexually assaults men um so terrifying mm-hmm. obviously this story the the popobawa it's not that old it's only a couple decades old okay um and actually it came around about the time um there was a lot of civil unrest going on and the country's president had been assassinated mm. um so the popular thinking is that after a popobawa attack victims must spread the word to others on Pemba, otherwise they will co- continue to be visited by the Bawa, which sounds like
1: the ring, very much so. Yeah, this dissemination mm-hmm. of so that the un- the knowledge of the creature and the knowledge of the thing mm-hmm. is widespread. Yeah, and you're never free of it, really. Yeah, kind of like the
0: movie It Follows. Mm. Eventually, it's going to come back to you really interesting yeah so anyway I thought that was um I thought that was pretty fascinating and it reminded me of the ring so there and, and this is something this this popobawa also gets blamed sometimes for very real world assaults that happen um I see and there uh there was a, a, a time in the early 2000s where men were basically sleeping in groups oh wow yeah um and you know, safety in numbers, I guess. yeah. um anyway, that's just the Popobawa. Bawa
1: Popabawa. yeah. So I will start off with, and of course my the most popular that I could find. and this is called the Tale of Oiwa. So this was a tale that, comes out of the 17th century in Japan and it is actually based on true events, which I thought was interesting. Um, Again, this is part of the Kaidan tradition. Okay. um, And it's one of the most famous of the Kaidans. It's very popular in Japan. And I should say these Kaidan stories are very similar to what we've been talking about with folk tales and urban legends and that they have many variations because they're often um, told orally so the teller can put their own little flair on it or you know in what in a certain region mm-hmm. something might be happening so it, it gets a certain spin yeah so uh, you're you're never going to have one st- distinct story but you'll have kind of similarities in story so uh, the one that i uh read and again this is just kind of a brief summary but Oi was the the main character she's a beautiful woman she's married to a samurai Named Iemon. uh, And there is a kind of vengeful woman in their same community named Uome. And she wants Iemon for herself. Okay. Uh, So a series of tragic events occur Mm -hmm. so that that can happen. And it leaves Iemon followed by a haunting reflection of Oiwa for the rest of his days. And he sees it in everything That has a reflective surface. So there's a lot of the traditional kind of Japanese horror tropes happening in this story when you read it. It's pretty easily um, found on Google. If you just Google the tale of OIWA, it's O-I-W-A. Okay. Uh, and it supernatural horror, definitely, because this kind of haunting reflection follows the samurai yeah, f- around forever. Uh, and it is, v- it is very detailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's also the vengeance story. So there is this kind of evil woman, as we've talked about in Japanese horror, that yeah. creates some sort of horrible circumstance. Right. And then a venge- vengeful spirit, again, a woman, <clears> throat> vengeful throat> spirit, kind of following uh the the male character around um for mm-hmm. the rest of the story so it, it follows a lot of the tropes so i thought that was a really cool yeah, story that's a good one That's a really cool story and you can kind of th- just with that even brief summary you can kind of see how that has played out in a lot of the japanese horror cinema that we're familiar with yeah today. yeah um Kind of like the the woman in the corner. The, mm-hmm. Who's that? Why is she, why is she following us around? What is that one movie <laughs> I'm thinking about with the camera? You know what I'm talking about, where he's a photographer, or he takes pictures, or what's it called, Shudder?
0: Oh, there is a movie called Shutter where um, this woman
1: appears in all of his photographs, and he can't figure out why. Oh man, is uh, that Shutter? It, I maybe there is a movie called shutter and there's there is. Is this movie where this man takes a bunch of photographs and this woman always appears um well and I'm thinking about the movie or the movie Polaroid where the oh
0: maybe that's movie. what it is but then. that but that's the one where if you get your picture taken by this camera I think you
1: die mm. um, <clears throat> but it reminded me a lot of um that movie of this woman kind of following uh around her lover
0: all right let's see I was just gonna Well, that's definitely not. I did not search correctly, and now I'm gonna have to erase everything in my phone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Endemic is now wanted.
0: (laughs) Shit. Anyway, we'll find that. We'll We'll find that. We'll find that later. We'll find that. Um. Yeah. Shoot. I don't remember. Okay. So here is another one. This one is called O Corpo Seco, okay, or the Dried Body, uh, from Brazil. And this creature was described as having a shriveled body with an ugly face full of pustules. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It roughly translate corpus seco dried body. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was apparently a few years ago seen on the top of a wall in a cemetery in Sao Paulo. Um, and people thought, Oh my God it's real. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, I saw it with my own two eyes. Uh, I'm never going near that cemetery again. So, I mean, this was something that was actually seen. Yeah. Um and there are many different versions of the origins of the Corpo Seco. He uh, he's also known as the Unhudu or Big Nails. Yeah. Um but the the main um the main theme of him is he was once human, uh, but he was a very cruel human. Um, And he was said that he um, he even beat his own mother. I mean, just a terrible human so that when he died, the ground rejected his buried body uh, and his corpse kept rising back to the surface. So his eternal rest basically is denied. So he turns into this corpo seco. Um, It is thought to have the power to dry out and kill trees. (laughs) oh geez but also it can suck the suck human blood and can appear to them on deserted roads in the dead of night it's kind of like vampiric, kind of yeah interesting i don't like the fact that it's that it's like a dried out body that that's why i picked that one because that to me if it's just like making i don't know dried leaf noises Mm. as it moves around i don't know but I like the I like the concept of if you're an evil asshole. You get rejected you from get earth. You get rejected from the earth. The
1: earth is like fuck off. Yeah, I like that. <gasps> you know how many people I want the earth to tell and fuck right off.
0: I mean, if this were a real thing, this earth would be littered with mm-hmm. corpses.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: With corpus secos.
1: Get the hell out of here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I like that idea of, you know, live a good life where you're going to get fucked with. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the Yarra ma yahoo Okay. Um, forgive me if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. Indigenous Aboriginal kids are warned not to wander too far into the outback or, or they'll be taken by the small red frog man. What? Called Yarra ma yahoo Apparently these things are covered in fur. Okay. So furry little red frog men. Um, they have blood sucking uh, suction cups on their hands. Ew. And a snake like mouth that can swallow a grown person whole. Mm-mm. Um. Apparently the creature will swallow children and then spit them back out. <laughs> I love that. It's like <laughs> nope. Um. Well, and here's the thing: if the children are caught too many times mm-hmm. by the Yara Ma Yahoo. Hmm. Um, they will start to turn into those creatures themselves. This, Interesting. A, and, you know, the the moral of that is that means there's never a shortage of demons to hunt down little children who don't listen to their parents. Yeah. That's another one of those keeping your kids in line. Keeping your kids I mean, in the line. outback is
1: dangerous. I was going to say that. There's shit out there that will actually eat kids. That seems like a very functional story. <laughs> Absolutely. Because you do, yeah, like, don't go out there because, yeah, there is shit out there that mm-hmm. will eat you.
0: Yeah, it'll fuck you right up.
1: Yeah, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, I like <laughs> that one. Wow. Um. Okay. I'll do. I'll do another one. Okay. Uh, this one is fun. It's the Boncho Sarayashiki. Um, and this is the inspiration for the ring. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So this dates back to around the 18th century Japan. Hmm. Um, and it centers on a woman named Okiku. And a samurai named Aoyama. Okay. Aoyama. Uh, and basically uh, the tragedy that occurs when Aoyama tries to trick Okiku into becoming his mistress. Uh, um, there's a lot of tricking of women. There's a lot of tricking of and women. Trapping of and women. trapping of women. And trapping of women. And this one involves uh, Okiku becoming vengeful okay uh, at the good. end as i mean if you were good being tricked into being someone's yeah. mistress i mean come on now um obvious th- this story has themes of the supernatural mm-hmm. um tension building and psychological horror so it's kind of like all yeah. of the things that have been mentioned in one kaidan story but it yeah. is so if you read this story there are wells there are mounds there are days like there <laughs> are everything you think of in the ring oh wow happens in this story um with with kind of more of a um i, I don't know uh, this kind of we i don't want to call it a love story it's not a love story right. this like weird story but it is i mean that one again is one that's easily accessible if you just um i think you can even just google uh okiku and that'll come up it's o-k-i-k-u Okiku is, um, and that that story will come right up again, because it's a kaidan. There are different versions, yeah. Um, but all of them are going to involve very similar um, interesting tropes with the ring. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, okay. Here's another. You want another uh, scare children one? Yeah. Uh, this is, and I I I'm not going to pronounce this properly. and I apologize for that. Abu Regal Masluka. Okay. Uh, This is an Egyptian creature, um, which translates to the man with the burnt leg. Oh, okay. Um, He's a monster that got burned as a child because he didn't obey his parents. Mm. So he grew into a monster. Now he's a ghost and he hunts naughty children. Um And it's, it's very similar, you know, the very similar kind of themes there where, you know, he haunts the kids that misbehave, blah, blah, blah. And this one, like some of them ends with the creature cooking and eating the bad behaved children. So, but what struck me about that is it's just this ghost with a burned leg running around. Yeah. That is chilling to me and I'm not entirely sure why, but it is. Yeah. It, it honestly, it reminded me there's a really great zombie movie called The Dead. Dead. Um, I think it's by the oh, the Ford Brothers. I can't remember the name of the director, but we'll find that at some point because um, we'll talk about that, I'm, I'm sure at some point. But there is a, a zombie in that that his leg is disconnected, but still in his pants and he's still walking with it but it's, it's not it, part of him but it's like, him, no, but but it's it's like jutting of outside of the pants yeah. and for some reason that reminded me of a man that's what i pictured with the burned leg yeah yeah uh i got i've got several more i mean we, we won't go insane with all this but um let's see what do we have here uh the aunt Sybil okay in russia um there is an old myth and this is in the eastern parts of russia um uh, f- in Siberia actually mm-hmm. about a creature called the Ansible or Akable I guess it would be which is an evil spirit who lives in swamps okay um, nobody's ever seen him and survived um, that reminds me of Medusa in Greek mythology so his appearance changes depending on who you talk to and there we go with the, like the oral tradition and changing the story to be what's scariest to the people you're telling it to mm-hmm. which I like Um, it can be a tall creature, uh, covered in swamp water and covered in like plant parts and wood Oh, so he can like, yeah, fit in or, you know, blend in to his surroundings. That's terrifying. Um, so this, this creature makes going into the swamps a very dangerous thing to do. Um, and he's mostly active at night. He lives in swampy areas because it's neither land nor water. It's unstable just like he is. Um, he doesn't hunt people. Uh, but when someone approaches where he is, he will try to kill them. So he's territorial. Fine. Territorial. Okay. Uh, he can apparently make people go deaf or blind. He can disorient people and cause them to get lost. He'll do anything in his power to make sure you get lost and drown. If he feels threatened by you. Wow. Yeah. Um, in some of the stories, he doesn't have eyes and but he can mimic animal sounds really well which will draw in local hunters like he does duck calls and oh wow. i don't know that's just uh I, I didn't um i didn't go into any stories about him but that's
1: kind of like a foreboding of na- like nature like the power of nature the power of nature story yeah tread lightly
0: Where's that one out of again? Uh, uh, Russia, Russia and Siberia. Siberia. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but I I like that. Yeah. Tread lightly. Yeah. Tread lightly, or nature's gonna kill you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I love these unstable. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I I just picked ones. Um, I found these descriptions of some of these things on a they're few websites, super cool. and there they I just picked the ones that that struck me as that I went oh shit yeah. when I read it. Um. Okay, so here are a couple of honorable mentions. Okay, um, the Babas, B A U B A S, Uh, They're from Lithuania. Okay, uh, and they have spindly arms, wrinkles, and red eyes, Ooh. and they like hiding in people's homes. <laughs> and it loves to terrorize kids, especially. Okay. Um, you can fill in the blanks. Ones that don't listen to their elders. Sure. Um, and, and it
1: knows because it's in
0: your house. And it knows exactly. It Listening. knows because it's in your house.
1: It's like, oh, you didn't listen to your mom when she told you to brush your teeth? Guess what's going to happen to you?
0: Yeah. Um, and its favorite method of terrorizing kids is to pull their hair. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That, oh, that, is made particu- particu- that is
1: particularly creepy. It is.
0: I, I found that to be, and I don't know why, because we talk about some crazy stuff, but I found that to be a little bit sinister. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <Jesus>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's creepy. Uh, okay, so then we've got the Baba Roga. Oh. Uh, this is in Bosnia. Okay. Uh, she's a witch, and she likes to pull children through holes in the ceilings. Uh, Why? She has a horn. Um, Basically, her name translates Baba Roga to old lady with horns. She, again, stalks poorly behaved children. A lot of poorly Um, behaved children. Yeah. If she doesn't pull the kids through the ceiling, she'll throw them into bags and take them home for dinner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Krampus does that, right? He takes them home for dinner. Yeah.
1: Uh, And she'll just snatch you. Okay. So, like, like holes in the ceilings of their homes, essentially. Okay, that's creepy. Yeah. Let me tell you, I had this recurring, have I told you about my recurring nightmare when I was a child?
0: I'm not. I'm now
1: starting to think that she might be real.
0: Oh, shit. Do tell.
1: I had a recurring nightmare as a child. The house I grew up in the bathroom, the toilet was situated directly next to a window. And okay. I, I don't know why. I always just felt that that was a really creepy thing. Okay. I'm very vulnerable on the toilet. Well, and I mean, I'm yeah. next to a window. And it's a one-story <laughs> house. Okay, this is a problem. Okay, the one-story house thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, this is a problem for me. So, I was very terrified to pee in the middle of the night because like, was outside of my window. And I would have Recurring nightmare that I would be getting up to pee, and something would come through the window and pull me out. And then my mom would be on the other end in the bathroom, pulling me back in with my feet. And this thing would have my arms and pulling me out of the. Window. Could you see the thing? Um, it would change. It sometimes was. It was either usually a ghost skeleton or the Wicked Witch of the West.
0: that the, the Wicked Witch is scary. Mm-hmm.
1: I had a constant uh, recurring nightmare that not only was she pulling me out of that window, mm-hmm. but that my garage was detached from my house. And I was under, I w- and there's like this patio that yeah. had an awning off of my garage. And I was on the patio and she was circling and I was trying to get into the house, but I knew if I would run, she could <laughs> dive down and get me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I had a lot of Wicked Witch dreams as a child. Well, she was scary. She was scary. Like, legit scary. Legit scary.
0: Well, maybe she's the Baba Roga.
1: I think so. Uh,
0: um, she liked that yeah, checks out. I, they said that sometimes she just reaches, if she's hungry, just reaches down through a hole in the ceiling and grabs a kid for a snack.
1: I'm telling you what, man.
0: I mean, even when she's just hungry.
1: It's like, I do know. You know what? I'm watching a good movie. <laughs> I, need a, I need a little snack. I need a kid to I'm gonna, eat. I'm going to just reach down in the hole. Oh,
0: my God. Um, I, I, You know what? It's funny that so many of these that I did find are about misbehaving children. Yeah. All That's over a the common. world. That is yeah, a, a very common theme. theme. There's the Met Miniwee. This is a Haitian monster that um, that snatches kids out of the dark. His legs... He gets it done pretty easily because his legs are two stories high. Oh.
1: Yeah. Wow. Uh, he
0: roams the streets in search of prey. His name means Master of Midnight.
1: That's creepy name. Um, there you go. He's been called the Haitian Slender Man. Oh yeah. Well, that would be interesting to know when he originated. Well, I'm sure he originated way before Slenderman because Slenderman so. is, somewhat, is new. Two thousand, early early two thousand. Yeah, that had to have been an maybe
0: somebody knew. Yeah, about mm-hmm. knew about that. Um, let's see. There is a uh, Jenggongar. This is Scandinavian, and I know I'm not pronouncing that right. It means walking after death. That's what it translates to. Um, and, uh, again, Gogner, uh, it's a hybrid. It's kind of like a ghost and a zombie. Um, and it has a, 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 a lifelike form, which it looks like a zombie, but it possesses its mind and memories. It still has its mind and memories. Ooh. So it's kind of like a cognizant zombie, I guess. Yeah. Um, They, these are said to be created when a dead person has unfinished business. Okay. Kind of like, uh, the, what, what you just talked about. Uh, the, the yokai? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. or, or if they were killed violently, uh, through murder or suicide, Uh um, these things are created. Yep. Um, and these go all the way back to like the Vikings, um, uh, they can infect. I, this is why I picked this one. It's because it said that they can infect the living by pinching them. Ew. Yeah, they'll pinch someone while they're sleeping, and then the the pinched person will then be marked for sickness or death. Oh my gosh! So they're like sort of like harbingers of death.
1: Creepy. Yeah, I
0: don't know. I, that creeped me That's out.
1: Also, okay. These seemingly like just like playground. Things yeah. like pulling your hair, pinching. Yeah, those are some of the most sinister things. They
0: really are,
1: right? Like because it's, they're so subtle. They're so subtle and like feel nonviolent, but they're very, very violent. violent. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that is a uh, that is just a uh, a very shallow, uh, Sh- not even a dive. Really, I just waded in. Yeah,
1: you kind of took um, a, a mass view yeah so that was awesome yeah there's my um there are lots of good ones in there
0: there are and there's uh, th- oh there was one more oh wait no there's a couple more let me yeah yeah do it uh there's a Maltese folklore it's Il Beliaga
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and Il B- Beliaga lives in wells uh and grabs children who look in the wells wells, uh, wells So I mean. Scary. There it is. There's a warning for kids not to get too close get to a too well. too close to
1: the damn well. Yeah. Which, by the way, the whole fucking concept of wells are terrible. <laughs> they really,
0: really are. First of
1: all, oh my God.
0: You want to know the best part about him, though? What? Um, if you get too close to the well, he's going to grab you, but he's going to do it with his toes.
1: Ew! That <laughs> is worse. That's worse.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he can apparently control water, too. But yeah, he just... Just drags you right down in there with his gross big toes. Toes, uh
1: huh. Oh man,
0: yeah. So, um, he doesn't eat them though. No one ha No one knows what happens to the children he steals. But, um, my guess is they probably just you know drown down there. He just to- lets them drown. Toe cheese, to- mm, yeah. yeah, delish. Uh, and then let's see, I've got the shandhokatata. Okay, this is India. These are headless ghosts that died in accidental train decapitations. They then haunt people at various locations uh, where they died. And then the last one I'll talk about. Um, and I couldn't, I want to I do some more research on this one. Pinky Pinky in South Africa. Okay. Um, you know, we have our Bloody Mary here. But um, to kind of stop girls in South Africa from going to the bathroom alone to like the public bathrooms or the, okay. uh, alone, they had Pinky Pinky, which is a demon um, who has really bright uh, pink hair um, who would target women just for going to the bathroom. But I know you hear that a lot, young girls going missing. So maybe this is one of those stories that tried to... to try to eliminate that a little bit by always you know, trying to warn young girls, do things in groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, but it, it upset me. That one upset me. Um, but yeah, Pinky yeah, pinky. I can
1: understand that though, because like, there's a part of it is when, if we're saying that these stories function as a, they have a societal function, yeah, and the need is to protect young women, yeah, from being kidnapped, yeah, trafficked. Mm-hmm. That's one way to do it, but it's still the issue of putting like that's not addressing the problem
0: right right it's it's putting it's putting the onus on the victim
1: rather than addressing than addressing the yeah men treating women yeah
0: i, 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 that, I don't know for some reason that real, that one really bothered me yeah. more than the others yeah um and i'd like to learn more about it um and i think it might even be interesting to try and uh, take a look at folklore and stories and urban legends that specifically are designed to protect girls. Yeah. Um, I mean the whole thing about kids falling down, the, but the, this, this to me is specific to, to women girls, and girls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about that now. Yeah. Um, so that was also my, what the hell I kind of, uh, overlapped the two of I, those You're the hell because the... what the hell it, it just made me start to think about that. And, um, you're right it it puts the onus on on young girls and women to uh, only protect themselves whereas let's you know not talk about the real root of the problem the problem Um teaching yeah. men not to do that do
1: that in the first place yeah yeah that's interesting
0: anyway sorry I jumped the gun on the what the hell but that was that one was my
1: all right well then I I will follow suit and I will share my what the hell um have you ever heard of a worm NATO? <laughs> no, but I want to this is real <laughs> everybody okay this happened in Hoboken New Jersey and it was not too long ago I think it was like in March of this year so there was this really like heavy rainfall in Hoboken mm-hmm. and a woman was out on a walk and she was walking along and she happens upon this literally horrific sight. Look at our show notes because we have a link and it's gross. (laughs) Uh, Like tons of earthworms on the sidewalk and they're all positioned. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them, like hundreds of them positioned in this kind of circular pattern that looks like a tornado or like a vortex. And it was near this grassy area. But then there were like hundreds of worms like beyond the vortex just hanging out on the sidewalk on the sides of fucking walls and shit <laughs> like horrific amount of earthworms oh my god hanging out so she snapped a pic sent it in um and it's kind of baffled researchers why the hell a worm nato just appeared in hoboken new jersey <laughs> so this is this is the best that they have come up with so okay. i guess worms breathe through their skin so when it rains really hard, that's why you see worms come out on the sidewalk because they'll drown if they stay in <sighs> the Holy shit. Yeah. So they come up on the side. Yeah. I thought wow. that was fascinating. I was like, okay, so that makes sense. That's why there's so many worms mm-hmm. out when it rains. That makes sense. So they come out to the surface. They are typically solitary creatures when they're underground, but when they come out on the surface, they're a little more vulnerable. So they tend to find one another. Safety in numbers. And they communicate with one another to kind of say hey where should we go next what S- yeah yeah it's very fascinating <laughs> so when you get like a conglomeration of worms they try and influence one another on which direction to move by touch <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so uh that's how you get like these appearances of like hurting worms like just Going in this direction, we are. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, is there a leader worm? I, is there a designated? I don't. I did not find that information out.
0: But well, how do they know? How do they is know? that how they got themselves caught up in well, a tornado? All just like, I
1: think we should go this way. know I think we should go this way. And they position their little bodies around. I think that might be how they got. Oh, they were all like, God. "No, we're going this way." No, we're going this way. And then they just made a fucking tornado. That is amazing. But. That's my own conjecture. The researchers continue (laughs) on and they say that some worms form what they call worm blobs where they try and get into these big masses so they don't dry out when the rain stops because a single worm can dry out really easy. But if you have a bunch of worms on top Uh of each other, it's not going to dry out real easy. So they form these worm blobs. So that's another possibility. So essentially what they're saying is the worm NATO could have been a combination of the worms trying to move in a certain direction and follow water. So they didn't dry out. So the water could have been draining in a certain direction and the worms were trying to influence one another to go in that direction. Mm -hmm. We're also kind of blobbing. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't dry out. That's mm-hmm. one theory. Mm-hmm. The other theory, which I thought, it made me laugh out loud when I read it, is there could have just been a bunch of water and it swept them and ended up in that pattern. <laughs> That's my favorite. It's <laughs> like, Ooh. now we're in this. Um, and then my last line, either way, NATO.
0: <laughs> Hashtag Wormnado. What the hell? Okay, so if you are loving the worm NATO, I do... Um, encourage you to check out the movie squirm is it about worms it is okay Okay. so there's this uh it's down in the south somewhere and um this guy who's pretty terrible to nature first of all um is there and he's part of the you know part of the story but anyway there is a terrible thunderstorm and the power lines come down and shock the worms and it must (gasps) anger them or it puts them into a frenzy and they go ape shit on everything
1: yes I'm telling you what, we used to have these worms back where I grew up that were huge, huge meaty, like the meaty, meaty guys.
0: Yeah. And these, these worms in the movie are like, and they make noise and they got little teeth and like little teeth. And there's a scene in that movie that still to this day gives me chills when the worms infest the guy and he slithers up the stairs. Oh.
1: You want all of you who are afraid of the cicada brood right now, you got, you, you don't know what's coming if the worms rise up. I mean, it's going to be, there's going to be worm blobs everywhere. Worm blobs. One thing you need to <laughs> know, understand worm blobs. <laughs> okay. This is the thing. That was a good one. Yeah. Worm NATO. Worm NATO. All right. Well, that concludes our dive into stories from around the world, which again, we did a kind of a very, very short overview yeah. we hope that we provided you something new you learned something new something or, to research or heard a there's new story there's some really good
0: um, some of the websites I looked at they were just really good overviews yeah. of lots of stories yeah
1: there's so many fun articles out there we'll yeah. share what we found yeah. uh, on our show notes so you can find our show notes always at mm-hmm. thehorrorsalon.com mm-hmm. We, we share all the links that we use for our research encourage you to do your own because what interests us we might have gone down one one rabbit hole but you might find a wholly different rabbit hole to go down yourself that interests you. There's so many. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So please check us out there if you want to kind Mm -hmm. of explore a little on your own. Again, com. Um, You can follow along with us on Instagram at the Horror Salon. We've got fun content going up on there. Um, And then if you have been listening to this podcast and are enjoying yourself, we would so appreciate it if you would hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And then if you wouldn't mind leaving us a like, a review, um, all of that's very helpful to us to, um, first of all, let us know how we're doing and Mm -hmm. and learn a little bit more about what you want coming up, but also to help us reach more, um, nerds in the community. So all of that is very much appreciated. And then last but not least, we would love to hear from you. Yes. Uh, we have found so many cool stories this week, researching stories from around the world. But again, like we said, this is only the surface of Mm -hmm. this stuff. So if you, know a really cool story that we did not share but mm-hmm. you think would be right up our alley we would love to know what that is um so please send us the information yeah. um you can find us at info at and we encourage you uh to reach out and chat with us there so with that yeah thank you for listening yeah first of
0: all i usually just shut up during that part because you know hashtags and all that at Pats and, and <laughs> instagrams at, all and all those things but thank you thank you thank you and yeah please get in touch with us yeah uh tell agreed. us what you like tell us what you don't like be kind but tell us what you like <laughs> be constructive yeah <laughs> um but yeah thank you thank you all right here we go i'm gonna try oh it's hot is it hot it is why is it hot it's, hot. it's a candle well, i guess that's why <laughs> <laughs> okay <sighs> oh shit did it? It's splooch? burning my arm. <gasps> oh. Jesus. oh. my gosh, there are cinders. There are cinders. Okay, I just caught on fire. I might be actually on fire. No, they're on
1: the ground. Okay, good. Okay, the candles out. The pazoos is most definitely emptied. <laughs>
0: oh thank you so much uh i can't remember what i say here but i am your
1: co-host endemic that's what you say there thank you yeah (laughs) uh and i'm your co-host the witch we'll catch you next time at the horror salon where we curate the strange and unusual until dawn
0: do us part
1: Monsters, it's The Witch. And Ann Demick.
0: Music for this episode is Rage by the 126ers. Check out our
1: website for show notes and links to some cool extras.
0: Later, nerds.